Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah, I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. Star Wars 7x7, episode 711. Yesterday we talked about the rise of the Resistance and what we learned about that from Star Wars Bloodline. Today we're turning the tables and we are sharing with you what we've learned about the First Order and its rise to power as a result of the events and revelations of Star Wars Bloodline. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only... Daily Star Wars Podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod, and some of the First Order's origins are still shadowy in nature, and yet we have had some light shown into the corners and crevices of its dark and disastrous rise to power. Here's what I've gleaned from a closer reading of Star Wars Bloodline. It looks as if it is 21 ABY, that's 17 years after the Battle of Endor, 13 years before The Force Awakens, that the first seeds of the First Order seem to have been sown. That's the time at which a gangster named Rinriven D starts to become not just a low-life gangster who used to be one of the lowest on the rungs of Jabba the Hutt's spice smuggling operations, but when Rin Riven D suddenly starts to become a big-time player in his own right, it means that he's getting money from somewhere, and that somewhere seems to be funneled through a number of different shadowy corporations and outer rim planets and so on and so forth. And ultimately, where it seems to trace back to is a far-right faction of the centrist group within the Galactic Republic. That's how it's described in Bloodline, a far-right faction of the centrists. And we're given to jump to a conclusion that one of the ways this happens has to do with situations like a scene in Bloodline where Ransom Castrofo finds himself on an appropriations committee and questioning the amount of the appropriation for military purposes that is being suggested by Senator Roe Kintor, a centrist who is on that committee. Perhaps unsurprisingly, the majority of the funds are being funneled towards centrist world, so it just seems like it's an example of pork barrel politics, unless you are clued into the fact that you have heard the name Roe Kintor before. And that dates all the way back to the short story collection Before the Awakening, in which the Poe story featured an Operation Saber Strike that he participates in completely off the books where Princess Leia has to ask him to do it and only ask him to agree to it if he's okay with it being completely deniable and that they can't be traced back to the Resistance or anything like that because they suspect Rokintor of colluding with the First Order and they need evidence thereof. And they gather it and also are surprised to find that when... Poe and his crew or his teammates on this adventure actually attack Rokintor's ship. Instead of calling for help from the Republic, he calls for help from the First Order, which was a really shocking thing to see in that short story. 
So having that extra bit of background knowledge, you can see where what's really happening here is that certain centrists are getting into positions of power in the New Republic, using their sway to have funds appropriated to centrist worlds that are in support of the First Order, and then funneling that money, that government funding, through criminal organizations like the one that they supported for Rinriven D., and getting that money basically sort of backwards laundered into the criminal organization and out into supporting paramilitary groups like this group called the Maxine Warriors that are mentioned and featured prominently in Star Wars Bloodline. Now, as a result of the events of Star Wars Bloodline, both Rinriven D's criminal organization and the Maxine Warriors organization are dealt terminal blows because of the destruction that Princess Leia rained down on them. Basically, they're operating primarily from a planet called Sebensko, which has underwater storage of <laughs> hundreds, if not thousands, of starfighters and actual personnel as well. And Rin Riven D himself finds himself on Sebensko at a certain time that Princess Leia shows up to investigate what's going on with the Maxine Warriors and his organization. And Princess Leia pretty much takes out the whole joint aside from collapsing one area where Rin Riven D is uh, already hanging out. The water all just comes down and crushes everybody to death while she escapes. And then later on, when Han Solo comes to rescue her out of the blue, she ends up shooting down a ship that crashes into the area where the underwater storage facilities are in <laughs> Sebensko and absolutely triggers a cataclysmic explosion of all the armament and material that they have down there and just utterly wipes it out completely. So yeah, bye-bye Maxine Warriors and Rin Riven D and all that stuff. But as Princess Leia notes, they've just barely stumbled across one paramilitary organization thanks to the report from somebody from Ryloth coming to the Senate to testify. In fact, somebody from Lost Stars, oddly enough. But how many other organizations like this are out there? That's what Princess Leia wants the Senate to consider, even as she has been completely stripped of any power or significance or political sway that she has by the end of the novel. She's still encouraging them to at least be open-minded and consider the possibility that there may be other terrors greater than this one that they happen to stumble across lurking out in the galaxy waiting for them. And there is, of course, particularly named the First Order, now, it turns out that Lady Cerise Sindian from Arcanus is one of the prime players involved in this whole scheme. And, coincidentally, Brendel Hux, yeah, General Hux from The Force Awakens, is also from Arcanus, we find out in the novel. And Arcanus is one of the handful of worlds that are working together to bring the First Order into power and to have it restore the glory of the Empire and, in fact, surpass that glory in every way possible. So there you have it. As much as we can glimpse about the First Order and its origins right now, and some of it's still shrouded in mystery, but it certainly seems that New Republic funds were used illicitly to help create the First Order and bring it to power. Of course, there are other things that we still don't know, like what was the flashpoint event that made people sort of, you know, get off the sidelines and say, hey, we got to make this First Order thing a reality. Something had to happen around 21 ABY or shortly before that for people, persons and species unknown to decide to set up Rin Riven D as a criminal front to funnel New Republic money through and get it out to other organizations that could build up paramilitary groups and create an actual army create an actual navy, create all the ships and material and train the forces that they would need to make the First Order a reality. 
It's noted in the novel that the First Order is not yet ready for prime time. Maybe in a couple of years it'll be ready, and that fits with the timeline that we have so far, of course, with Bloodline happening six years before The Force Awakens and the Before the Awakening book of short stories happening one year and less before The Force Awakens. We know that the First Order has been identified by the Resistance by that point, so sometime between six and one years before The Force Awakens, which would put it at... Oh, let me do the math real quick. So 28 ABY and 33 ABY, the First Order is finally discovered and comes to light. But Arliz Hadrassian, who is the head of the Amaxine Warriors, is not going to play a part in that whole situation. And Lady Cerise is actually kind of happy about that because she sees Arliz as too much of a zealot and the Amaxine Warriors as sort of too unpredictable or uncontrollable and also not really fitting the mold of what she imagines the First Order to be. And in her interior monologues, it's clear that the Maxine Warriors are just one small part of what's really happening in the big picture of the First Order behind the scenes. So all in all, I gotta say, there's a huge treasure trove of information about the state of the galaxy in between the Battle of Endor and The Force Awakens that you can learn and dive into with Star Wars Bloodline. So a thoroughly satisfying read on so many levels, and... If I haven't already recommended it highly enough to you, well then let this count as one more shot across the bow for you. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. Okay, let's have that trivia question for you before I let you go. Red squad, blue squad, take my lead. I'm on it. Got my team. Last time we asked you who first spies the threat of the First Order on Takadana, and that's Ray. Today's question, who inadvertently reveals the location of the Resistance base to the peeps on Starkiller base? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a test, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.